Hi, welcome to Anto Knows. This is episode 46 of Anto Knows. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. And today is New Year's. Happy New Year, everybody. We're going back to the TARDIS with Jodie Whittaker because we got to finish up Doctor Who and her tenure as the Doctor. This is part one of that uh, adventure. And then we'll talk about part two. Uh, she was a doctor for till 2017 to 2022 because today is going to be her last episode, which is going to air as a New Year's special. It's going to be called Eve of the Daleks. We'll cover that next week after we've uh, discussed the uh, her other season. Well, what can we say about Jodie Whittaker's doctor? Well, I like her as an actress. I think that she played the Doctor the right way, as an alien. She's kind of a little bit scatterbrained. She kind of did a little bit of a, a combination of David Tennant and Matt Smith. You know, She kind of is all over the place, but serious when she needs to be serious, and silly when she needs to be silly. But, like some other Doctors, she suffered from a thing called bad writing, which is a more greater sin, casting the wrong person or having bad writing, bad producing, and so-so special effects. I think if, if it's the writing that really suffers, if the writing suffers, you don't have a show. You don't have anything. You have a pretty good series with some pretty good actors, and that's about it. So... Let's get started, because we have to. Okay, the woman that fell to Earth. So, okay, the doctor, she, he regenerates in his big, dramatic fashion. Peter Capote lets go of the doctor and even says, Doctor, I let you go. And regenerates into this woman. And everybody was excited that Jodie Whittaker got to be the doctor. Some people weren't happy about that, but that's neither here nor there. So she gets thrown out of the TARDIS and falls to Earth. And she has to basically be really uh, quick on her feet. She constructs her own sonic screwdriver. And she uh, realizes that there's two alien forces that are at work here that are battling each other. One is like a big ball of wire and the other is like some kind of alien scout. All through this, the doctor basically needs to rest to kind of recover her faculties, and eventually she does. She doesn't get the proper coat and that uh, shirt with the uh, stripe on it, the rainbow stripe that she wears uh, until almost the very end. Uh, Along the way, she meets uh, Graham, who's played by uh, Barry Wassendria, a tough old gentleman who's very funny. Yes, a former police officer. She well, she gets eventually gets back to being a cop, but there you go. And she's played by Mazden Gill or Grill. I'm terrible with these names. And then uh, uh, Ray Solinson, and he's played by Thomas Cole. Okay. Uh, his grandmother gets killed, and she was married to Graham, so he she he becomes her his adopted grandson. And all through the episode, Graham is very nice to him and calls him grandson, grandson, and he doesn't like it. 
And he's dyslexic. That was interesting to add that to uh, a, a Doctor Who character. We've never had a Doctor Who character as a... But the only problem with him is that he's a bit whiny. That's my uh, only problem with it. Graham is the funniest and probably the best character that they had in this group. And yes, it's fine. She's more of the typical companion. She wants to learn from the Doctor. She wants to understand her and so forth. So at the end of this episode... Uh, the doctor finds a way, she builds this machine that can unite her back with the TARDIS. Because TARDISes and uh, Time Lords have a psychic link, so she's followed the psychic link, and then all of a sudden, the machine has them disappear. And just like in the old show, it's the return of the cliffhanger. They find themselves out in the middle of space. So the second episode, The Ghost Monument, the Doctor and her companions find themselves in the middle of a space race. They're, these group, different group of races, they're trying to win this reward. They're trying to race to this planet that contains the Ghost Monument. And what is the Ghost Monument, you may ask? It's the TARDIS. That's why it keeps fading and fading out. Uh, I guess the stabilizers, the Doctor always talks about the stabilizers are broken loose, so he has to find a way to stabilize it. So... When they eventually get there, she stabilizes it. I am glad that they didn't do this whole thing where they're looking for the TARDIS. That would have been... And they have to find ways to go from planet to planet. I, I would have been like, oh, come on. The other thing I could talk about this pre these two previous episodes is this. It was completely unlike anything Doctor Who has ever done. Now, this new uh, producer... He, uh, I, I don't know if he honestly was a fan of the show. He was a, he worked on these gritty cop shows beforehand. You know what I mean. If you watch a lot of British TV on BBC America or on PBS, they talk about shows like The Tunnel or The Investigation or The First uh, uh, Prime Suspect or things like that where they talk about these things that are going on in... Um, in, in police investigation. So everything was dark, gritty, dirty, kind of like the the uh, sleazier parts of London and stuff like that. The other thing is no opening theme music in the first episode. I don't know what was with that. Maybe it wasn't ready or something. When we get to the second episode, we go back to the traditional, uh, and, and uh, whoever composed it, great even fits this more darker attitude. Okay, now we go back to time travel and the TARDIS and everybody's traveling with the Doctor. She even calls her her gang or her fam. That's, that's kind of cute. And Rosa. Now, of course, what do you think this is about? This is about Rosa Parks. The famous woman that was this just this tailor who takes up the fight for the... Uh, Civil rights movement. We even meet Dr. Martin Luther King in this episode, and and uh, Raz gets to meet him and stuff like that. That was cool, but it's a quantum leap episode, guys. Sorry, the Doctor faces down some alien tech guy who has escaped from the storm cage and where he's been rehabilitated, as he says. And even though he killed a lot of people, and he was using all this alien tech, including a a time displacement device. And uh, what what he's doing there, and then they kind of defeat him. So instead of the 
uh, Al and Sam showing up and helping out in the uh, civil rights movement. It's the doctor and her family doing this. Uh, he even she even tells them that you know they uh, they face all this racism and all these other uh, problems, and he, she tells them go back to the TARDIS, you'll be safe there. And uh, though um, Graham says, can we stop and get some proper food? You notice that we never get to eat. I thought that was pretty funny, but. It's a Quantum Leap episode. Oh, well. But it's good. If you like that episode, great. But I think that they, when they just start doing that, when they say, well, we're going to do this. If you do it as an homage, that's fine. But if you do this this way, yeah. Okay. Uh, after that is Arachnids in the U.S. This is probably one of the weakest episodes of the entire series. Okay, a group of giant spiders have invaded this building and are uh, eating people, of course. And they were regular spiders that were turned into giants by the toxic waste that this businessman is uh, 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 there. After Christopher Nolan, you know him? He was in uh, uh, Law and Order, the original Law and Order on TV. And he was on Sex in the City as Mr. Big. So, uh, I, I hardly, why is he so surprising this? But I didn't like this, that, that they wanted to just make fun of Americans and say how bad the Americans are and stuff like that. That was unnecessary. It was stupid. Again, bad writing. And the other part of it, about the giant spiders, it, it's like he couldn't stick the landing. Okay, you've got this big threat. And it's an homage to uh, John Pertwee's episode called Planet of the Spiders. And that's it. And the, and the doctor's like, oh, they're creatures. They, they deserve to live, too. I mean, yes, the doctor wants other creatures to live. But if they're a giant threat and threaten everybody else, yeah, he's, he or she is going to use whatever they can to stop them to preserve life. So pretty stupid. Okay, uh, the Transidin Candon, which is, I, I, I'm mispronouncing these names, and it's just terrible. Okay, uh, so a bunch of the doctor uh, and his companions are injured, and uh, they go to a spaceship that's a medical ship. So they're getting fixed up. So while, the, while they're trying to recover a alien, this kind of like, like stitch white creature escapes and it destroys anything mechanical or it uh, sucks the energy out of anything. So she uses her screwdriver and it sucks the energy right out of it. So now she has to find a way to get rid of it. It, it had some cute ideas in it, but wasn't anything really to write home about. It, you know, a lot of these episodes I basically felt I watched them and then I completely forgot about them. Like some episodes you always remember, especially like with uh, David Tennant or Christopher Atkinson or, or even the classic era, these you don't really remember that well. But maybe somebody out there, well, that was my doctor. That's what I experienced. Uh, the Demons of Punjar, uh, okay, there's a uh, real tension between... Uh, India and Pakistan, and so just like uh, Romeo and Juliet, 
two families are going to get married on this uh, husband and wife are going to get married from two different families. And the doctor's companions find these aliens there, and they thought they were up to no good, these warriors. But it turned out that they're trying to ease tension because they saw what happened on their own planet. Again, nothing to write home about. It was pretty cool, but it wasn't great. And then uh, Kablam! This was at least a fun episode, and it was at least memorable. It's sort of like a take on Amazon. So this robot people called Kablam Men show up, and they give the doctor a package. The doctor says, there's something bad going on here. Let me go. We're going to go to their headquarters. So they all take jobs at the headquarters. Poor Graham ends up being a, a janitor. And the doctor uh, goes and finds out that this guy from the Kablam Men is going to use them as weapons. So, there you go. At least it was better. And then the witch finders, the doctor turns to the 17th century, and King James, they get a really good actor to play King James. And, of course, the doctor gets accused of witchcraft. So they tie her to a post and stuff like that. They're going to burn her at the stake and so forth. Uh, Of course, they all uh, get out of it. Now, it takes you away. Now, it takes you away... I'm like, oh, I'm psyched for this. This sounds great. So they go to, I think it was Norway, and people are disappearing in Norway, right? So you're thinking, oh, this is going to be really interesting. And uh, there's bear traps over everywhere, and you're thinking some kind of supernatural force is doing this. It has to do with some kind of uh, raceway and this alien who's these flesh moths that attack people and yeah and at the end there's a frog yeah yeah but so there you go uh the battle of real and kua and uh after uh they heard 90 distress calls from this planet the doctor's companions go to this planet to go answer these distress calls I'll be honest with you guys, I don't even remember much about this episode because it wasn't that good. But, but the first New Year's special, now why do they change this? I don't have any idea why they, they, they changed this because even Russell T. Davis said, I'm going to bring back the Christmas special. Uh, they, uh, they decided that they're not going to do Christmas anymore, so they decided they're going to do this on New Year's Day. And New Year's Day is kind of an odd holiday, isn't it? So, uh, a guy and a girl are uh, inspecting some tunnels. And a coward mutant, this coward mutant says basically he part of him was down in this tunnel. There was an ancient battle years ago, and these three warriors decided to split this coward mutant into three different parts, and that they've, so that it would never uh, put itself together again. It's a Dalek scout. Uh, so he, uh, she, he takes possession of this girl, and it, it says to him, you got to help me find these different parts or I'll make you kill people. Or, no, no, don't do that. Okay, I'll help you uh, do this. So the doctor eventually goes and finds out about this and stops and, and takes the Dalek to the Dalek uh, uh, the Scarrow's son, 
and throws him into it before he can signal to the other uh, Daleks on Scarrow. So it's pretty good. Shall we continue with our adventures with Jodie Whittaker? Absolutely, we will. Uh, this next season is way better. I guess the writing got better or somebody did this. We get to see the return of the master. We go and visit Tesla. We go and visit uh, the return of the Cybermen. And, well, then a storyline that a lot of Doctor Who fans are not happy about. But that's the way things are these days. So, and then uh, the, the final New Year's special, when I get to see it, you'll get to see it. We'll talk about it on another Anto Nose. <laughs> 